0: Hello, I'm Elena DelVal, and this is the NPR.com podcast. My guest today is Gary Dudney, who is author of The Mindful Runner, Finding Your Inner Focus. We will discuss running. Gary is also the author of The Tao of Running, Your Journey to Mindful. Both books were published by Meyer and Meyer Sports, one of Europe's largest sports publishers. In his books, he explores the mental side of running. Gary has contributed articles to major running magazines such as Runner's World, Running Times, Trail Runner, and Marathon, and beyond. He has been a regular columnist for Ultra Running magazines for more than 10 years. He has completed over 70 100 mile trail races on his quest to run 100 100 mile runs, including at least one in every state. His home base is Monterey, California. Gary, welcome.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Let's start with a really easy question. Okay. What do we mean when we say running? Is, is fast walking running? Is jogging running? What, where is the line that divides these, or is there a line that divides them?
1: I, I don't think there is a line. I think it's a continuum uh, I think that running is very is the, the great thing about running as an exercise is it's so malleable. Uh, when you're just starting out, you can do short run walks and just try to be out there for a certain amount of time, 20 or 30 minutes, and stay comfortable. And then as you um, advance and and your body starts adjusting to the running routine. Uh, then you can start running with a little more intensity, and your your goal can be just to get your daily exercise or your exercise three or four times a week um, and not do any racing, or you can set yourself some goals, uh, you know, a 5K race or a 10K race, and then if you Love running the way a lot of people find out they do when they get into it um, you can go for longer distances and you know try a a course of marathon training or even getting into trail running and uh, ultra running which is which is what um my running led me into and uh so it's 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 perfect for beginners, intermediate and advanced um and you can. Profit from it, uh, no matter what low you're at
0: I've had people say that running is harmful that it's very hard on your joints and that humans are not built to run. do you have any thoughts on that
1: well i I think there's there's two major um, points of view on that what one point of view is that your your joints and your muscles and your your tendons and ligaments are uh, capable of, of doing so much and and so as you use them you're sort of using them up uh, and as you get older they inevitably deteriorate. So that's one point of view. Another point of view is you use it or lose it and that point of view is that if you if you use your um, you're using your joints you're using your your knees and your hips and your ankles, and you're strengthening them. Then, in fact, you're um, uh, setting yourself up for longevity in running, and that, and that, in fact, it's a good thing to be exercising your body the the way uh, you do when you run. So, it's it's true that runners um, often develop an overuse injury but that's usually something that can be mediated by um you know proper rest. Uh rest is an important part of a running routine, so uh if you're trying to run hard every single day, you will probably run into problems uh, at some point. But if you if you follow a hard workout with an easy with an easy day or a day off, a rest day, then uh, you're less you're less likely to develop some kind of overuse injury. I've been very I think lucky. I'm 67 years old and I've been running continuously for about 35 years and I you know run uh as as you said in the introduction I uh somehow got interested in running 100-mile races and I'm still able to do that and I haven't had any um Uh, serious
0: injuries. The issue of injuries and age that you brought up reminds me of a book that I featured a while back about running. It's called What Makes Olga Run? Have you Uh heard about it?
1: Uh, I have not read that book, no.
0: So it's about this lady who started running when she was, I think, in her 70s, and she, Mm -hmm. by the time she was in her 90s, was winning all sorts of world competitions and sometimes (laughs) having to run in categories that were not a match for her because there was nobody in their 90s running at that time. And one of the things that the author said, so it was someone who wrote the book about her and how extraordinary she was, he said, his name is Bruce Grierson, I think, he said that what he found in researching What she had done, how she had become an athlete, a runner, and other things, was that runners who began at a young age stopped, and that most of the people who were still running into their 80s and 90s were people who had started running later in life. Mm -hmm. Because, as I understood it, the people who had been running from a young age didn't have or either didn't have the stamina anymore or because they had injuries. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's, it's true that um, if you start later in life, you're less likely to be so interested in running, um, you know, fast times and trying to break your own personal record over and over again Um, I I certainly went through, I think, a very common uh, transition where early on in my running, in my uh, 30s and 40s, uh, I was trying to run um, personal records every time I entered a 5K or a 10K. And my training was very hard, very intense. I did a lot of interval training and and that sort of thing. And... um, uh, the, but then, as you age and you you um, uh, get away from worrying so much about how fast you're going and uh, uh, setting records, uh, you uh, you start uh, enjoying the process more, I believe, and uh, you you slow down and you start focusing on other aspects of running uh, besides the time. You're, you start focusing on all the other things that are going on uh, around you when you're running and enjoying the experience more as an experience as opposed to a, a chance to, you know, train hard and break a record. And so older runners, I think, that they tend to get it that um, uh, running is enjoyable and it's very fulfilling without the need to uh, be racing all the time.
0: Now, something that you just said reminded me of the question of enjoyment. I have asked runners about the actual experience and how they feel when they're running. Is it something that they really derive pleasure from? And the answers have been varied. Some people say that, yes, they love running, the the act of running. Some people Mm -hmm. say no. I don't like running. Running itself is uncomfortable, painful, unpleasant, but I feel good after I run. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about that?
1: Well, it, it's the the reason I wrote books about running is because um, not because of the the physical aspects of running. Um, you know, running is a is a fantastic. Uh, way to exercise it's it's a very efficient way to burn calories um and it's uh it's great cardiovascular um exercise but what struck me was um how good you feel about yourself and how much self-esteem you derive from running and so that's that's what was interesting to me was what's going on in your mind when you're running Uh, on top of the exercise and why is it that people do feel so good about themselves after after running and why do people tend to become um, you know runners uh, capital R Uh, they they really identify themselves with running and it becomes a lot more than just a, a way to go out and get your exercise and it seems like that happens more with runners than it than it does with someone who like goes to the gym and and um uh you know lifts weights or something like that they don't really identify themselves as weightlifters but runners tend to be runners and and think of themselves as runners and and derive a lot from that um so that's what that's what my books are all about is is what's going on in your mind and why is it that uh, it's running tends to be such a stress buster and why you derive so much uh, self-esteem and you feel so good about yourself afterwards. And I, th- I think it's, it, the answer to that is is pretty basic. Uh, while you're out there running, uh, you're doing something good for yourself, um, running, especially in my estimation trail running, uh, is very rich experience anyway you you get out into nature and and the, that communing with nature becomes part of the experience and all the time you're running especially if you're um, you know practicing some kind of mindfulness where you're you're trying to focus on the experience you're having and you're trying to stay away from thoughts about, uh, the next day, some, some, uh, presentation you have to make, or you're, you're not thinking about some relationship problem you're having, but instead you're, you're out there running, you're doing something for yourself, and all that time that you spend doing that, you're not focused on your problems, and you're not, um, uh, uh, you know, in that, in that mindset of, um, Uh, worrying about what's going to happen to you, worrying, having, you know, anxious thoughts and feeding your anxiety with, with an emotional response. Uh, when you're running, you can avoid doing all that. And then afterwards, you, you, you you know, you've, you get that sense that I've done something really good. It, it felt good. Uh, I've, I've gotten my exercise and, during all that time, I I wasn't experienced the normal stress and anxiety. I used to notice how important it was when I was working to um, get up from my desk at lunch hour and go outside and run. Uh, and it was it was what made my my job uh, really bearable. I was a uh, software development manager and I always had project manager and I always had 10 projects going on at the same time and there was always a million emails coming in and telephone calls and people stopping by my my desk. But at, at 12 o'clock, I would just exit that world altogether and go downstairs and literally change everything, you know, take off all your clothes and, and put on a different set of clothes and then step outdoors so now you've you've physically gotten away from uh what you were you know your your job and and then if you don't focus on your job while you're out there running but you're focusing on uh everything that's happening around you or maybe you're you're uh enjoying the company of another runner uh all that time you know you you get a you're getting a real break from from that job, from the work you have to do. And then it's easier to get back to it afterwards because you've had that that long uh, period of, of resting your mind from the anxiety that you feel at your job.
0: It, it seems to me when I hear you describe that, that perhaps, like with so many other things in life, people come at it from different perspectives. I tend to associate running with very focused, competitive, even sort of angry people that I see when I see them running, and they seem to be concentrating very heavily and not wanting to stop, not wanting to talk, and just very focused on a goal, as it were, as opposed to this form of running that you're describing that allows you to disconnect that allows you to relax Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you know there's a there's a real contrast between um uh being in a marathon for instance and then being in an event like a, a 50 kilometer trail running race um marathoners they do tend to almost exclusively focus on what is going to be their finishing time and what is their pace uh, at each mile as they go along and how how close are they staying to the pace that they need to, to do to um, get a certain time. And there's not much talking that goes on and you're basically running pretty much as hard as you can the whole time. And all that's fine. I mean, you, you, um, everybody knows that finishing a marathon is a, is a peak experience in your life, sort of a bucket list thing that you want to do. And, uh, it is a wonderful feeling. And when you train for a marathon, uh, that's usually the first time you train for a marathon, you're finding out how far you can go and how, um, how, uh that your that the limits you you thought you had you don't have um the first time you run 10 miles you think oh my god i could never run farther than that by the way you feel at the end of it but then then the next weekend you're supposed to run 11 miles and you find out you can do that and then the next weekend you're supposed to run 12 miles and you and you manage to get through that and then you 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 know that that's all very rewarding and whatnot but it's uh, in a, um, a 50 kilometer trail race the whole process is much more relaxed because you know it's going to you know you're going to be out there for a long time and a lot of ultra runners uh, they don't have uh, the goal of a certain time they just want to go out there and they they want to finish but it doesn't matter so much how long it takes them to finish they just want to get through the entire course and there's aid stations along the way and you you stop at the aid station and get something to eat and something to drink Um, and then you when you hit a hill you walk up the hills because walking up the hills uh, is more efficient than trying to run up the hill Uh, so it's it's a much more relaxed thing and once you realize that running can be like that and you don't necessarily have to run as hard as you can the entire time, then it it's a more just enjoyable experience. But the people that are racing hard and, and trying for records, they're also getting, you know, something out of that as well. They're, they're getting the satisfaction of, you know, pushing themselves to their absolute limits and there's a certain... Um, Feedback I think that you get when you when you push yourself really hard um, afterwards you feel like you've you know you've really accomplished something
0: you talk about the process of becoming mindful as a runner going through this marathon phase for speed in the book and reaching the point where it's not so much about the speed anymore, it's not so much about taking things off the bucket list, but it's about enjoying the experience, enjoying the environment. Let's talk a little bit about the marathon aspect of it. So you're looking at about 26 miles. Is that the average marathon length?
1: Yeah, marathon is uh, 26.2 miles.
0: What, other than saying I did it, what is the appeal I mean, the the record, as it were, for a marathon has been established for a long time. The chances that the average person is going to beat that record are pretty low. Is it about beating your own speed? Is it about being with other people on a crowded street and getting to the finish line? Tell us a little bit about that, if you would.
1: I think the mystique of the marathon and why it becomes a goal for so many people and why um, it, you've seen such a proliferation of marathons around the world is it's just the the idea that you're going to run that far. Um, 26 miles is a long ways. There's, there's no way you're going to run that without – considerable sacrifice and 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 pain (laughs) um that you're going to have to endure and i think everybody who um who trains for a marathon and finishes one they they have that sense of having accomplished something that uh they first would seem sort of unimaginable to them and so you you Build the sense that you're um, uh, you're a, you're greater than you thought you could ever be when you finish that uh, marathon, and I, I think that's what that's what drives people to um, want to do that distance. And um, well, I'm I'm not sure where to go from there. Uh, it, it's it's not the Oh, okay. Uh, uh, as far as the, uh, you're always looking. You you, you want to beat your uh, previously established time. You wanna you want to run a PR, and that's because once you've done the distance, then you want to feel like you can, uh, you know, conquer that time that you set before, and so that's. That's the goal that a lot of people have is trying to run a faster marathon uh, over and over again. I think uh, that people could enjoy marathoning uh, more if they didn't focus so much on how fast they're doing it, but instead paying more attention to the uh, uh, the process that they're going through. Um, I live in a place that's uh, just a few miles away from the Big Sur International Marathon, which has um, been uh, mentioned by Runner's World as perhaps the best marathon in the world over and over again because it's such an iconic race, and it's, um, it's extremely well organized, and it's along the uh, Big Sur coast of California, just south of, of carmel california which is about 100 miles south of san francisco and uh that's a place where you can really uh enjoy the the process of running a marathon uh and not having to worry so much about the the pace that you're going at in fact it's a hilly enough course that it's not a place you're likely to run a personal best so uh it just makes sense to Uh, relax a little bit on that course and and enjoy, uh, you know, the company, the other runners and all the scenery that you're going by and just feel the, you know, glory and the fact that you can run 20 miles and keep running and uh, you're still alive and you're still
0: active. (laughs) Yes, I have to say your description of that particular one sounded very appealing it made me want to go visit the area and see it through your eyes and of course some of the areas that you get to go in when you are in a marathon are often areas that you can't visit on your own because they're normally closed through traffic their streets that are shut down that for purposes of the marathon become available to runners is that right
1: yes exactly Yeah, I I had a very funny experience at uh, Big Sur. I used to uh, run uh, Big Sur every year because I lived nearby, so I would just sign up. As soon as the race was over, I'd sign up for the next year, so I I ran year after year. And I had run um, a time of 3.39 one year, and at the time, that was my my best time there, and – I was it was back when I was very intent on uh running a faster time. So the following year I trained extremely hard and and uh did all my interval training and I was very excited and and uh hepped up uh for, you know, to to break my 3:39 record at Big Sur and uh the race started and it, you're, you start on a two lane highway um in the redwoods uh down at uh, the big sur station is what it's called and it's a little crowded there's there was like 5000 runners so they're um all starting at the same time on this highway and i'm running along and i was trying to maneuver to get around a slower runner and i i managed to uh, get tripped up, and I turned my ankle, al- almost fell down, didn't quite fall down, but uh, uh, I turned my ankle very badly, and so I I was, I thought I was out of the race, but I, I kept going, and I limped along, and it took about 10 miles before it eventually stopped hurting, but of course, that had, had slowed me down uh, quite a bit but I was determined, you know, I was going to break that 3:39 time. So I I kept it up and I ran hard all the way to the finish and I finished in uh 3 hours and 39 minutes, <laughs> which was exactly the same time that I uh that I was trying to break. And so the the following year I thought, okay, this will be the year. And uh that year I got sick just before the um the start of the race and uh decided to run anyway and ran as hard as I could uh to get that record and I ran 339 <laughs> and then the following year I was I was going to do it again this time I'm going to break my record and um what happened oh yeah uh I was uh one of the problems at Big Sur is once in a while there's a year where the wind is blowing uh, north to south. And, and the race is all run south to north. So if the wind is in your face, uh, it, it can be uh, a real problem. And this was this was a very bad year although the start was, is in the trees and you can't feel the wind. And I, I remember going by the race director who uh, was uh, standing on the course at about the five mile mark just before you come out of the trees. And I, I said to him, um, great day, great marathon. And he said, just you wait. And it turns out As I crested the hill there, uh, the wind hit me in the face, and there was this incredible headwind for the entire race, well, for the next 20 miles or so. And um, my time at the end was 3 hours and 39 minutes. (laughs) So I, I could never break that record.
0: By contrast, your description of the New York Marathon sounded grueling and downright unpleasant so not all marathons are created equal there's a huge difference between this placid beautiful setting that you describe in the big sur area and the new york marathon for example
1: yeah that's the new york marathon is of course the classic urban marathon and um The logistics of getting to the start when there are, I don't know, 15 or 20,000 runners, something like that, are are enormous. And so you wind up taking as long to get to the start of the race as it takes you to actually run the race. And then in New York, you're you're standing in lines a lot (laughs) before the race and after the race. So um, it was an interesting experience but what i took away from that was that um you know staying in my mind and not not worrying about how fast i was going but just uh taking in the whole experience of what it was like to to run the new york marathon um was very very rewarding and and if i was you know some people they want to go there and they want to run their best race ever there and so they might go to all the trouble of Traveling to that city and running that race, and and then because they didn't um, run a certain time, they're very disappointed, and, and it becomes a big negative negative experience for them. And that's just not something that's uh, necessary, I think, and and very counterproductive. I might mention that um, you know, marathoning, there are clubs now where. You join a club, and the, the focus of the club is to um, facilitate getting everybody uh, traveling all over the world, going to classic marathons uh, all over the world. And I, I really – those people just seem to be having so much fun because it's something I learned is, is combining the experience of traveling to distant places and then running a race while you're there is um very rewarding and it's it's you it's using running to you know expand your life and expand your um, uh, all all your possibilities
0: you talk about pain and pushing beyond your boundaries beyond what you thought you could accomplish, and that, of course, leads to this sense of accomplishment and this exhilaration and the desire to continue doing more of this. What do you say to people who express concern when they see runners or athletes who are hurting themselves and continue? Is At what point is the injury or the pain acceptable, and at what point is it too much?
1: Well, whenever I talk about um, dealing with pain and learning how to uh, run through the pain, and for instance, uh, in, in a 100-mile race, uh, it's inevitable that uh, you're going to go through a lot of suffering uh, a lot of muscle soreness and sleep deprivation and um, uh, blisters and all those sorts of things. But whenever whenever I'm talking about using a mindfulness technique to um, accept and deal with the pain in running, I'm not talking about where you have an actual injury. When, when any time that you have... Uh, an actual injury or symptoms of something that are ominous, then you should stop and, if if, you know, not push yourself through it. And if it's bad enough, seek medical attention. Um, So that would be like if you started feeling uh, very faint, like you, you might pass out, or if you've if you've fallen down and, and hurt yourself um if you're you know, you stop uh being able to uh go to the bathroom uh anything anything like that uh, a sharp um any sharp pain that is not uh you know if you have a muscle pain and it's not uh moderating at all if it's if it's growing worse and worse the farther you go then um those are all reasons to stop and and stopping is you know not finishing a race is not a big deal you can always come back to that race you can always run another day uh but if it if you suspect that you have injured yourself then it's time to back off and and um uh you know run uh come back to that race a year later or, or whatever. But the kind of the pain I'm talking about is just the uh, the normal pain that you get when you've you know run a long distance. any Any time you run a marathon, um, somewhere up around the, the middle teen miles around mile 15, 16, 17, things are going to start hurting. And of course you've all we've all heard about hitting the wall at mile 20. And those last six miles are uh you know you're it's very hard to push yourself when um uh you when you feel as bad badly as you do um but that's the kind of pain I'm talking about uh dealing with feeling very tired or very sore, but when nothing's actually wrong with you, it's just that uh running has uh, lost its charm <laughs> and um you're starting to feel desperate about wanting to quit and uh, wanting to stop the the way you feel and and lay down. Um, those that kind of pain is something you can deal with. You can actually do something about it. And uh, there's a mindfulness technique that's that's uh, mindfulness. In fact, was originally created as a way to deal with chronic pain. Um, so there are there are techniques to use to um the 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 critical thing is is to face up to the pain and and to take it head on and not to if you try to ignore uh, a painful feeling and uh, or you uh you try to run away from it or you try to pretend that it's not happening all that's just going to make it more seem more intense and uh more debilitating so the first thing you you have to do when you you know you're in mile 20 of the marathon and you're you're feeling really bad you have to acknowledge that okay i'm not comfortable anymore Uh, there there is there is a problem i do feel like i want to quit and i do feel a lot of pain in my thigh or whatever um but when you face up to it and you sit and you say Okay, I, this this is what I'm experiencing. That starts to take some of the sting out of it. And then what you want to do is is focus on it for a while. You know, give it its due. Let it um, sort of sink down into the pain and and analyze it. You know, how does it really feel? Is it is it a burning sensation? Is it a sharp uh, sensation? Um, uh, is you know it's is it you sort of realize it's not killing you it's just making you uncomfortable and you can start sort of dealing with you know can I can I deal with this level of discomfort and usually when you faced up to it and and felt like um, you know it's not the end of the world you're not storming the beach at Normandy on D-Day you're just in a race and you don't feel as good as you used to uh, then you can Accept that it's happening to you, and once you've accepted it, you try to just let that, um, just let it move to the back of your mind, and try to focus on all the other things that are going on around you. You know, the motion of your body, the swinging of your arms, the your feet hitting the the pavement, the all the things you're seeing and hearing, and the other runners, and you know, focus on. All those other things that are happening to you and you can, you can sort of get the pain to recede into the background. And once you realize that you can deal with it and you can keep going, then that's, that's positive feedback for you. And then when the pain sort of reasserts itself on your thinking, you go through the whole, uh, process one more time. And, uh, it's amazing what you can, what you can find you can deal with. Um, once you're honest about the fact that it's happening to you.
0: Pain where? Tell us a little bit more about what pain you're referring to and how intense that gets.
1: Well, something, okay, something like a blister. Um, a blister hurts, and it hurts a lot, and it it it's a sharp pain, and it's very intense, but it's not, doing anything it's not harming you in any way whatsoever it's just it's just the kind of pain that you know if you if well first of all if you experience if you're if you have a blister then you want to stop and get it taken care of if you can i mean if there's aids if you're in a a long trail race or something like that and there are aid stations then uh, you want to stop and do something about it um But then once once you've you know popped the blister or gotten gotten the blister treated or whatever, it's still going to be painful, but it's not pain that is uh, hurting you in any way. It's just something you want to deal with and uh, try to let the whole rest of the experience of running in that race or running on that trail um, be more important to you than the fact that you're in a little bit of discomfort um getting very tired during a, a race is is the sort of thing that you can overcome with that technique uh just your muscles getting sore um that's something you can overcome with with that technique
0: tell us about the 100 mile runs or the 100 mile races are you running 100 miles Without rest? Is this consecutive? Is there a break? What do you do for bathroom stops? Do you sleep?
1: Yeah, I, you sort of, I feel like I sort of need to explain why anybody would run a 100 mile race. Um, I'll just, I'll say this about uh, the 100 mile races it's always an enormous challenge, no matter how many times you've done it. Um, I'm, I'm signed up for my 74th 100 mile race and, uh, every single time, uh, it's an enormous challenge and it feels like you've lived an entire lifetime out there. The, there are such emotional highs and lows during a hundred mile race and you know that you're going to be, um, um, you know, pushing your body beyond any kind of comfort level and whatnot. But, uh, you, you, you don't sleep. Uh, you do run continuously. There are, uh, aid stations along the way about every, on the average, about every seven miles or something like that. Uh, and at the aid stations, you stop and you you fill up your water bottle or your or the bladder in your uh, hydration pack um, with with fresh water. And they have uh, a lot of food available to you, and you know energy products and gel gels and um, uh, things like candy. You know things that with, with with sugar, but then also um, um uh, Turkey sandwiches and uh, uh things like that uh so you you need to keep um, eating during a hundred mile race because you're burning all those calories up and you have to replace them, otherwise you do something which we call bonking, uh, which is when you've you've totally used up your available energy stores and uh you're just running on uh, you don't have any. Available uh, cal- calories to burn up. Uh, so you have to keep eating and you have to keep drinking during the, the process. At night, uh, you might sit down in a chair for a few minutes at one of the aid stations, and I can, I usually can take a five or ten minute cat nap if I feel really, really tired um, during the night. But then in the, when the light comes up in the morning, even though you've been up all night running, uh, you get a, you get quite a big bounce out of the light coming back up. It takes about, on the average, about 30 hours to run a 100 mile race. Uh, the, the, there's usually a time limit, uh, to the race depending upon how difficult the, the uh, course is. So, uh, a flat, a more or less flat course uh usually they give you 30 hours to finish if you're up in the mountains and it's a more difficult course you might have 32 hours or 35 hours to get to the finish uh there are some courses that are so difficult like there's a um a course in Colorado um that's called uh the name slips me <laughs> uh slips out of my mind right now but um uh, it's such a difficult race And you do so much climbing You get 48 hours to uh, Finish that race So um, You know, it, it, it depends But Of course, finishing a 100 mile race Is uh, is a, a Emotional high And um, Like I said I like to focus on the whole experience Of doing a race So I usually I usually travel to these races and uh, meet a lot of runners beforehand. I, because I'm an author, I usually uh, arrange with the race director to um, sell my books at the uh, uh, packet pickup meeting that usually happens the day before the race, so I get a chance to talk to a lot of people, and then out on the race course, you you meet a lot of runners, and... Um, you're seeing a whole new area every time you run if you're if you're traveling around to new races and that's that's very exciting to me and so by focusing on the experience uh, and knowing how to deal with the with the painful aspects of running um, I'm usually I usually make it to the finish although you don't always make it to the finish there are so many things that can go wrong in a hundred mile race uh, but it's uh, It's just a great way to spend my retirement going around to these races.
0: When you run or engage in endurance training, your body diverts your blood to the muscles that are necessary to do whatever it is you're asking of it Mm -hmm. and away from your internal organs, such as those that are involved in digestion. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that comes to my mind is once you get to this bonking place where you have run out of the energy that you had when you started out the race and you are in need of replacing that energy, but your blood is being used otherwise in your digestive system says, no, 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 don't send any food this way, we can't process it, Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: could be a challenge. And I remember from your book, you talked about how you couldn't eat. Tell us about that, if you would.
1: Yeah, nausea is a a pretty common thing to happen to you in long-distance races, although uh, I experienced it sometimes when I used to run very hard in marathons. Um, but yeah, it's a it's it's a byproduct, I think, of, of the fact that uh, your digestive system is not functioning at at full capacity when you're running because your your body's engaged elsewhere. Um, so to counteract that, there are uh, products that uh, long distance runners use: energy gels, uh, energy drinks which are designed to be very easily digested and that that way you can continue getting um, the calories in uh, even though your digestive system isn't working that efficiently um, because those products are something that, that you absorb very, very well. You also have to... When you're doing long trail runs, you also have to experiment with different foods because some foods will agree with you and you can eat as much as you want of them. Other foods, uh, no matter how little you take in, will upset your stomach and and give you a problem. So it's um, that's one of the things you can do when you're you're training for long distance events is to Just try a variety of uh, foods. Um, Fruit, I I do really well with fruit, so I eat a lot of fruit while I'm uh, doing a long distance trail run. Um, But it's also important to later on in a, a race, like a 100 mile race, to take in some protein. So you also have to be, you know, you experiment to see if turkey sandwiches are okay for you or Grilled cheese sandwiches or um, Nutella is a is a common food that they have at uh, trail races. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So you 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 experiment around, and um, nausea is another thing that that uh, you know doesn't have to take you out of a race if you learn to accept it. And then you're doing everything you can to. Um, uh, you know, to take care of it, and it's not helping. Well, you just, um, you learn how to uh, get get past it and keep running. It's also, uh, when you read my books, you'll find out that uh, it's not uncommon to throw up <laughs> when you're, uh, you know, you're running a race. Your stomach is not doing a very good job of processing uh, the food and drink that you're taking in. So you're drinking all this water and this energy, these energy gels, and the um, and you're trying to eat some solid foods. And sometimes it just doesn't happen, and your stomach gets uh, overloaded and sloshy. And so you um, you start feeling uh, the 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 need to throw up and in fact it's usually a very good thing when it happens um, if you can get past the just the the um, visceral uh, bad feeling that you get from throwing up but it usually sort of resets your whole um, mechanism and you can then start sort of building back up from there and uh, it's definitely not something that needs to take you out of the race it's it's an another sort of thing that you can use your mind to overcome and um uh it's it's just amazing how much your mind plays in the whole process of of running um i say that uh, there's a there's a a saying among runners that uh running is 50 percent physical and 90% mental, and I've certainly found that to be the case. It's it's all in your perspective and your the framework that you have in your mind, what kind of experience you're going to have when you're out there running.
0: Tell us about trail running and ultra running, speaking of 90% mental.
1: Yeah, trail running is uh, actually uh, – Probably a better workout than, uh, if you're running on roads. I mean, if you haven't tried trail running, you should definitely, uh, get out there and try it. Um, you know, when you're running on a road, it's, it's a flat surface and you're, you're taking your muscles through exactly the same path over and over and over again. And so you tend to, to build up those muscles running in that, um, way. Uh, to the exclusion of anything else and so you're not a very versatile runner whereas on a trail that you know the surface is um uh constantly changing and the and there's more uh hilly areas and whatnot um and so you're you're moving your muscles and your connective tissue through a much uh, greater range of motion and you're you're strengthening all the stabilizing muscles uh, in your knees and your hips and your ankles. And so uh, a couple of miles on trails is actually a, a better workout than a couple of miles on on the road in that respect. Trails are also, it's a softer surface. So if you have a concern about, you know, what you're doing to yourself over, um, you know, 20 years of running, well, the softer surface is going to be easier on your on your uh, your joints and your connective tissue than uh, being on on hard surfaces all the time. And then trails are just by nature uh, uh, a more enjoyable experience in that you know you're out there in nature and you're communing with nature and you're uh, you know you're escaping the um The cityscape, and um, uh, so trail running's been enormously popular. the The number of races uh, that are available to you have just skyrocketed o- over the last uh, twenty years. And it used to be that most trail runs were um, long distance races, but now uh, trail running companies that put on a lot of races, are doing all sorts of uh, uh, lots of shorter distances on trails, so you can go out and run a 5k on a trail or a 10k um, or a 10 mile. You know, you don't have to you don't have to enter a 50 kilometer trail race, which is a 32 mile race. That, by the way, is anything over. 26 miles is considered ultra running. So that's that's the difference between marathoning and ultra running is when you get beyond 26
0: miles. And is there an athletic difference, as it were? Is there a line that says, you know, from this point to this point, you're just playing around, but once you get to past the 26 miles or once you get to the 26 miles, now you're a real athlete? Is this? That a thing
1: no, I don't think so. <laughs> no that's the thing about running is um uh, everybody that's running, no matter how uh, uh, slowly they're going or no matter how hard they're pushing themselves that they're all getting um, a lot out of it, and I have noticed that uh, like there's a um a very big half marathon. That's, uh, connected to the Big Sur Marathon that's, that's run in, the Big Sur Marathon's in April. The, the, the Big Sur, it's called the, um, yeah, the Big Sur, uh, half marathon is in November. It's, it's in Monterey and, um, it gets about, I think, 4,000 runners. And I noticed that I'd say over half of them now are not running that hard. Um, and you know that because it's a course where you go out and you turn around and you come back basically over the same course. So it's an out and back course. So you get to see all the people that are in front of you and then you turn around and then you get to see all the people behind you. And I was, uh, it it used to be, um, back in the eighties and well, back in the eighties, early nineties. That uh, everybody was running hard um, that you saw what, whether you were going out or coming back in, uh, but nowadays you see that uh, half the runners are there's a lot of walkers, there's a lot of people just you know just jogging along, just relaxing and and talking and in groups, enjoying themselves, and uh, you know they're having a great experience too, even though they're not having. You know, they're not trying as hard as they can to get to the finish.
0: What kind of a cost are we talking about in terms of time because you have to practice or train? And in terms of -of out-of-pocket costs because you have to pay every time you enter one of these marathons or one of these trail runs and ultra marathons. You also have travel expenses. Tell us a little bit about that if you would.
1: Yeah, uh, as far as the training time, um, you know, you're you're doing yourself a lot of good if you're only going out and running uh, three or four times a week for say thirty minutes. Um, if you're doing that much, then you are you are giving yourself a real cardiovascular gift, um, and not. Even running that hard, I, I mean, you, if you're just, uh, running and walking for 30 minutes, four times a week, then you're already way ahead of the curve as far as, uh, getting, getting yourself fit. And, um, uh, you know, you run a little harder and you can start losing weight. Um, so the, it, it, you don't, you don't get into a lot of, um, time commitment uh, unless you're trying to run your fa- your fastest possible uh, time in a in a particular race then then you might have to start training like five days a week and uh, you might want to be out there for an hour every time you run um, so that's that's varied on you know depending upon what your goals are as far as the, you know, travel expenses are, they're um, just equivalent to any uh, trip that you might want to take. It's just that if you're if you're traveling someplace to uh, run a race, then you have a real goal, and you have a it's it sort of creates a framework for going to a place. Um, But I always spend the day before the race, you know, being a tourist and uh, checking out all the the historical sites around the area and uh, getting to know the town. The race is near. Um, So it's it's no more expensive than it would be if you were just, you know, traveling to um, a beach somewhere to enjoy yourself. Uh, It just gives you. I think more focused to a trip, and then um, the uh, the races are usually in the 150 to 250 dollar range, the race itself. So, running and running in general is not an expensive sport. Uh, it's not golf. <laughs> you don't need uh, thousands of dollars of equipment. Uh, you need to have. Uh, you need to splurge on your shoes. That's the only thing that is really critical to spend a lot of money on. So you want to be you don't want to you don't want to be cheap in uh, the shoes that you buy. You want to work with somebody at a shoe store, uh, running store, to get uh, the best possible shoe you can have for running. But the clothes is you, you know all all of that is uh, uh, that that's really all you need.
0: Decent shoes.
1: Yes, decent decent shoes.
0: Let's circle back to the mindful aspect of this. If I understand correctly, the idea is to enjoy the experience more fully, to be less focused on speed and goals and more focused on the experience overall. And that it it's that mindfulness itself will help you overcome this uh, non-harmful pain that we were talking about earlier, the blisters, the hunger, the nausea, and mm-hmm. complete even the extended running beyond the, the marathons. Is that right?
1: Yes. And, you know, mindfulness, it, it's not just overcoming the pain. But um, <clears throat> the what I found... Was that mindfulness is uh, and running are very closely, um, are, are very complementary to each other. Because I think that, like I was saying before, I think one of the keys of getting um, uh, uh, stress reduction out of running is that you're, you're uh, focused during your run on just what is happening around you and the experience that you're having right then. And all that time spent doing that is time where you're not spent um, worrying about your problems and, and feeling the anxiety of, that you just feel on a, in a normal basis. And mindfulness is the same thing. I mean, the simple definition of mindfulness is uh, a focused attention on the present with acceptance, so a focused attention on the present with acceptance. So mindfulness, when when you practice mindfulness, you can be doing anything. You can be running, you can be um, working in the garden, you can be sitting at your desk. Uh, The idea is to focus on the present, focus on all the details of the things that you're doing um, the, the, the activity that you're engaged in. And then when you have thoughts that are taking you away from the present, like, oh, what about that meeting I have to get ready for tomorrow? Um, you accept the fact that that thought occurred to you, and then you just sort of let that recede to the back of your mind like pain. And um, then you get back to focusing on whatever you're doing. And what that tends to do is whatever you're doing becomes a more rich experience for you. You notice more of the details. You're more, you're more sunk down in the experience that you're having. And in a way, you appreciate the things around you. The, you appreciate more the richness of, of life. Well, when you're out there running, that <clears throat> there is such a rich experience going, going on. All the things you're seeing and smelling, and um, feeling the motion of your body, um, feeling your heartbeat, uh, the positive feelings you're having about being out there and doing something for yourself. Uh, so, when you practice mindfulness while you're running, it just there's there's so much you can be concentrating on, and it takes you so far away. From your, uh, you know, your day-to-day worrisome existence.
0: What tips would you share with our listeners who want to be mindful runners? What three <laughs> suggestions to get people who are already running to be more mindful, or perhaps people who want to start running to be mindful when they're running?
1: Well, I think what I just said was the 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 basis of it you <clears throat> it gets better with practice so when you're when you're out there um running uh you are you're trying to pay attention to um the the world around you and what you're seeing and what you're feeling and not letting extraneous thoughts um intrude on that experience and at first you know it's like uh, what you know what am I supposed to be paying attention to um, and it's it seems a little unnatural but then <clears throat> the more you do it uh, the more you um, uh, you just naturally can get into the uh, um, the the mindfulness state where you're just You're letting everything else go except what's, what, what you're doing at that moment. And, um, it just gets better and better. So you do have to practice it. And then when you're, uh, like the, the painful, the, the, uh, process of dealing with pain, that's also something when you're, um, when you're out training, and you start feeling discouraged, or you start feeling um, tired, or you want to drop out of a workout, <clears throat> because you're not having a great day, that's a good time to to try that technique of dealing with the pain. Because later on in a, in a race, you don't want to be trying to do that for the very first time, because it's going to seem unnatural and, and to you. But if you practice it while you're training, then it it becomes more something that you can. It becomes more of a tool that you can call on when you're going to need it later on in a race.
0: Thank you, Gary, for joining us from Monterey, <clears throat> California. Uh huh. And to our audience, you have been listening to Gary Dudney, who is author of *The Mindful Runner: Finding Your Inner Focus*, who discussed running.